Transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. It's like it's like the morning version. Start your day with us. Either way, start your fucking day with us. That's I imagine in my head deep down that like I put these podcasts up uh somewhere around like you know 9 a.m. in the morning when they when they're yeah. scheduled for posting. I just like to imagine that some people wake up and listen to old heart radio. I really don't oh, the case, but <laughs> you know you have like step set the Spotify alarm, you know? Ooh, yes. There imagine you waking up waking up in the morning to you know I think I think that I think the people would like it. You know, I'm just people saying, would like it. If you're listening to this now, try like Try it with the next podcast. Maybe maybe that's what we need to do. We need to re-record the Madden Edition intro, have somebody like scanning underneath it, and then one of them softly goes, Hello, corn dogs. Good morning and welcome to Madden Edition. You know? Smooth. We need smooth. Saxophone in the background, you know? <laughs> oh, dude. I think we're on to something here. Could be, it could be, you know. I feel like sometimes it's nice to shake up the intros. I haven't for a really long time, it feels like, but yeah. Who knows, man? Maybe we might need to send it to a string lights to oh, uh, mix it up a bit. That's actually a good idea, man. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I finally followed string lights on Instagram and uh, I've been checking out his music since you guys have been plugging him. Uh, you know, what a, what a relentlessly it, plugging. What, yeah, relentless. What an impressive musician. Oh, yeah, Nick. Nick's All a- corn dogs must yeah. follow. That's exactly right. You got to go follow String Lights as well as Old Heart Radio. Follow Old Heart Radio first. <laughs> Not that I'm throwing String Lights, in the, you know, behind us, but I am. Old Heart Radio first. We're all we're on Instagram. String Lights is on Instagram. String Lights also has music on Spotify where you can conveniently find all the Old Heart Radio podcasts as well. There you go. We're not and- exclusive like Joe Rogan. You can go other other places, but we're on there. <laughs> yeah. And soon on the old heart radio fucking multiverse, whatever we're going to call it eventually. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, me and Kate, who uh, finally made her introduction on the last episode of Mad Edition, are going to be doing our own podcast soon. Ooh. Sort of a, a spinoff of sorts from Mad Edition. You might hang the cha-ching sound for us here. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're making the money. <laughs> spinoffs. Making the money. <laughs> Spinoffs. Uh, this podcast is going to be less an Incredible Hulk to Iron Man, more Captain America to Iron Man. So <laughs> now uh, we're thinking about calling it like something like it's still it's still getting written up. We're thinking amateurs' notes. We're going to choose a movie and we're going to rewrite it. And just a little teaser: Eternals is first. Me and Jared are going to pass on that one. So I'm, but I'm excited <laughs> to talk. I'm excited to talk about it, and you'll have to give it a listen. Give us your feelings on our little theoretical rewrite. Hell yeah, man. I, I think that sounds like a fucking excellent pod. 
I can't wait yeah. for you. I can't wait to listen to the first episode, man. Might be might be monthly, something like that, because it's, we're gonna be putting quite a bit of thought into each episode, and they might run long. So we'll see what the what we'll see what happens with it. I'm excited. Look out for it: hot dogs, corn dogs, yeah. and other wieners, and <laughs> any and all um, cylindrical meat that you can eat. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I don't know. <laughs> Dogs. I just call them all dogs. They're all dogs. Chicago dogs. Do we have any Chicago dogs? You have you have the analytics. Chicago. Uh, probably. Honestly, there's probably some 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 cheeky some Chico go dogs. The, uh, the Windy City, right? Yeah. Windy City um, Chicago dogs. Yeah. Shout outs if you're out there. If you're getting blown away by the old Heart Radio <laughs> podcast in the freezing weather of Chicago, let us know. Tell us if your hot dogs are actually good that's it yeah that's it for this episode people if you know somebody around the chicago area tell them to fucking listen to old heart radio uh avi (laughs) we know avi avi if you're listening tell people to listen to old heart radio (laughs) rip in tune shit all right uh what do we got you got a gaming minute i got a game minute there it is all right so um, because i'm a child and uh, Game Freak has a contract to at least 60 of my dollars uh, annually, biannually, as long as they own Nintendo console. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming out tonight. We're recording this on Thursday the 27th, 9 p.m. It comes out because it's midnight on the East Coast. Damn. So, So, uh, you excited then? I'm fucking excited. What is blowing my mind, I expected this to get mediocre reviews at best Hmm. eights and nines across the board whoa i am yeah i'm impressed apparently it's like uh pokemon meets monster hunter meets legend of zelda breath of the wild damn dude that sounds fucking intense yeah and it's uh apparently the thing all the fans have been waiting for for years where you can just sort of explore a vast wilderness see something and throw a fucking pokeball at it (laughs) <laughs> throw a fucking pokeball at it yeah and what's even crazier i'll have to show you i'll send you a trailer um we're once again if you couldn't tell by uh, my mediocre mic quality uh we are recording this uh separate so no trailers this week you can say you can say thank you to to COVID. <laughs> um yeah the jared side this time <laughs> wasn't Real wasn't life. me getting back from a trip god damn dude anyway uh, uh, so no but you can you're you run around the wilderness there are specific pokemon that will try to maul you they showed a fucking bear rushing the trainer and you had to like dodge roll out of the way oh shit yeah so it's either you you battle with it or you have to literally avoid getting attacked by a wild animal fuck that's i I know that this that sounds fun as hell dude like that's yeah like you said that's what pokemon fans have been looking for for a fucking while yeah and I mean, like, uh, there's mounts. Like, they showed some stuff about, like, you can get, like, a bird Pokemon and fly around on it. What? There's, yeah, <laughs> there's, like, a there's a horse that you can ride on around. Damn, there's, a there's like, a fish that you can fucking sur- actually surf on. It's great. That's the, um, But I was blown away, and I think it's crazy that it's getting all these positive reviews, especially from a franchise so long running, and that... In my opinion, there's like a nostalgia for in my mind that I really appreciated, but oh, yeah. it was sort of not bringing anything new to the table. 
<laughs> like it what it did keep kind of like i mean for, like rehashing the same style of gameplay you exactly know? uh but so yeah that, and that's why that sounds like super fucking fresh it sounds super yeah. like, like it's gonna be a blast because you know even back in like when i when i was into fucking pokemon trading cards like that was yeah. like you know you just you wished you could like have a more like some sort of interactive environment like yeah. fucking ash catch them where you just get to walk around yeah. the world like you know absorbed in that so that's fucking cool man yeah i mean like what'd you yeah, say what would cool. you say the name of the game is called called legends arceus and it takes place in one of it's the region that was recently the remakes came out the sino region it was generation four of pokemon and uh and uh it's but instead of it being in present times it's in like feudal japanese era whoa whoa. so yeah and i guess it's uh the i guess the narrative behind it i've I've, like i got uh, there's some people that data mined it and a bunch of people got sent their copies early about two weeks ago Oh, fuck. there have been a ton of leaks i've avoided all the narrative spoilers but uh i the the synopsis they put out is that the pokeball was just invented and you're creating the first pokedex oh shit that's fucking rad i was just wondering that as soon as you said like kind of like feudal japan-esque like i was like yeah i was like pokeballs seem kind of high tech for that so it's got to be yeah. like kind of sort there, of- if you look at the trailers the pokeballs are wood whoa yeah and they have like a latch they have like a metal latch on them damn yeah dude that's fucking like that's that's so cool i, I love I that they're giving a, some like breathing some life into that world man yeah like giving it a timeline um, and it's they're actually going back to because they're doing a limited roster uh there's only 240 pokemon instead of the 950 currently yeah so they're actually doing the uh i guess to make it to the end of the story you literally have to catch them all that's for the first time in like shit. years yeah there's no gym system it's catch them raise them like that's fucking awesome yeah because it's gonna i mean it's gonna force you to invest that time you know yeah oh, i think which, i think that's yeah. what everybody wants and that's the charm to that franchise that you have like i mean like call it cliche it happens in all kinds of rpgs where there's some kind of narrative around the characters mm. you play pokemon you get invested in your squad you get invested in the personalities of all the mods true and I think that's that's the allure, and I think in a 3D interactive environment where you're actually able to see sort of this like angle that hasn't been seen yet, mm-hmm. you can uh, that that'll really shine through. And I think that's why it's getting such positive reviews. The one detractor is that it looks like shit. And <laughs> if you've seen the trailers, it does. It really? looks fucking terrible. Uh. Apparently, the uh, it's really pushing the switch to its limits. Okay. And, but they apparently prioritized uh, uh, frame rate over graphics overall. So it hmm. runs really steadily. Like it doesn't slip below 30 frames per second, which is the peak for the Switch. Yeah, but so, the graphics. Like are... Breath of the Wild looked phenomenal, but it would drop the frame rate like to 20 sometimes or even into the teens if you really got a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. So apparently this is like steady 30, runs really well, feels really good but doesn't look it's not going to be winning any fucking appearance awards by any measure it wouldn't have won appearance awards like five years ago oh shit (laughs) and a lot's gotten better in that time fair enough well hopefully the gameplay just more than makes up for it then because it sounds like it will apparently it does apparently it does so that's that's the game minute i'm excited look for my review next week during uh next week's game minute dude hell yeah 
and we're done (laughs) 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 that'd be fucking ridiculous uh that's yeah that's cool man i'm i'm looking forward to hearing how the gameplay is from you um yeah man i mean uh speaking of like other things that are kind of just like you know breathing new life and the universes and worlds that we love like let's talk about boba fett man because we teased about talking about it last week there were two segues you could have gone with there and the other one we're going to talk about in a minute (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough (laughs) so uh yeah book of boba fett it's fun there are some really shit episodes in my opinion and Mm. like the highs are really high and the lows i'm like some spy kids bullshit there there was like you know the introduction of the the mod squad i think is what uh, you know which is kind of like a cool name shout out to something else i i think but you know i I, cyberpunky group with yeah they're i i I think it's an interesting dynamic but like to people that are like living on planet but i just think they're like they're kind of campy characters like yeah and which star wars isn't unfamiliar with no and and so like it's not necessarily you know they you, you see them kind of get into some action and stuff which is kind of nice but it's just it, it really was just that car chase at the end of the fucking ep- yeah. that up that particular um, episode that you're just like god dang dude this is kind of lame man <laughs> i was watching it with kate and when that car chase looked like shit i know the boys the council on fucking under further review took a moment away from music to say how fucking bad that chase i was, was. surprised by that dude <laughs> it was terrible it's like that was i don't the robert rodriguez i don't like his directing style mm-hmm. it feels dated at this point you know it, specifically for action and i mean like it felt like that in the episode he directed for the mandalorian as well yeah i think one of the one of the problems with rodriguez is that um the way he makes movies is really specific to him. Like you were just kind of talking about it's, it's why like when him and Tarantino did the, uh, the dual grindhouse movies. Yeah. It was really cool because it was like that. His style works really well for particular kinds of movies. you know, Desperado yeah. is still a really Absolutely. fucking fun. Movie. Absolutely. Uh, but it's, but yeah, translating his directing style into something else, or even like, you know, if he's doing like a Disney property like this, like softening what he would probably normally be like able to do on a movie set or something, you yeah. know, it, it clearly took away from, from certain aspects of that episode, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, like even, and he directed the first episode as well. Mm hmm which was like very mediocre and sort of bland in the grand scheme of the other episodes so far. Yeah. And it, then it, third... it laid down the canvas, but it didn't, it, yeah. it, it really like, it was the second episode that really like locked you in. Yeah. And then like, the kinda, second you know... episode felt more like a pilot, you know, the second mm-hmm. episode was so good. Yeah. Like getting it into the Tuscans culture was fascinating. It was super cool. It's something you've never yeah. seen, you know, and like yeah. The train chase is one of the best set pieces I've seen this year in a, t- in a TV rad. show. Like what and whether like everything was kicking it like like at the top of their game. Like yeah. the direction was awesome, the score was awesome, the performances were on point. They had the fucking Star Wars like practical effects during parts of it as well. Mm-hmm. Super entertaining to watch. And then you have episode three, which was the fucking mod squad. In yeah. theory an image very interesting you know what mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. but like and i think 
but then it ended up being very superficial because we didn't really get much of those characters beyond joining the crew. And uh, yeah. and then a mediocre chase that didn't really make me like them. And actually, after we finished that episode, Kate was like, um, she, she was making fun of the the one like the lead leader girl with the fucking mod squad. Oh, where she yeah, was like, I'm knows. a badass. I have a wolf cut, and like that was it. That was the extent of her character. I mean, pretty much. Like the only cool thing that they really did in that episode, if you ask me, was when they jumped in uh, with Chrysanthemum yes that was cool like like because it just because like and for character like that takes some fucking guts dude you know like yeah that that's some ball could fuck you the hell up <laughs> but like you other know, than that like other than that you're just sort of like okay they're just gonna be like yeah. fodder for the background except for that fight that episode was very bland i thought i i really liked that well and just overall, just because of the surprise of it i think was really cool that how that fight yeah. got introduced you know just the back to tank getting opening and just like that fucking wookie paw coming down and just drag yeah. like you know, Ugh. by the neck, pulling Boba Fett out of there. <laughs> you know, I here and also this is my thing. I think when we've been treated really well with the Star Wars stuff on Disney Plus, The Mandalorian mm-hmm. has been very good, mm-hmm. and it's like I went into it with that same standard. And Book of Boba Fett in in general, like uh, the weaker episodes have been mediocre at worst, but not yeah. bad. You know what I mean? And like Definitely. that's a good example that I had thought it was that that fight, a really good fight with Chrysanthemum, was in that episode. Mm-hmm. They and, yeah, they, they all have like certain like things that are kind of cool about them. Overall, yeah. though, some of them are just like have been weaker than the. Than I also I also don't hate the like campiness that could have gone into that car into the card speeder chase. Like the Vespa speeders are sort yeah. of funny to me. I just I think th- the. The mod squad is also, like you said, a fun concept. It just yeah. wasn't executed well. Yeah, I just think that, like, off of the episode with the train, the train sequence, you, yeah, you, you high can't, bar. like, you, yeah, you can't do it like a sequence like that and then do something like kind of super low stakes like that and like expect people yeah. to really get that into it. I suppose, you yeah. know. Uh, but but the go, but the but next episode, episode four, <laughs> it's so good, dude. Uh, yeah, I just. You know, you get you get kind of the the backstory between him and Fennec, and yeah. and it's dude, super and, and surprise Thundercat, right? Oh, dude, <laughs> super fucking random. I was like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, I expected some bass to be playing, you know, during the scene or something. <laughs> like he's like working on Fennec while like slapping the bass. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it it was super cool to to sort of see, you know how how he you know the, the classic shot that everybody thought in the, from the mandalorian is like oh is that boba fett and yeah definitely was you get to see the whole sequence you know of how he finds her in the sand and then you yeah. see the mod sequence which was fucking crazy uh and then on top of it you know you, you get like the the rapport that they're building with each other like clearly fennec yeah. respects boba fett you know what i mean yeah uh and I, you know, Boba Fett respects Fennec to an extent. You know, he calls her like yeah. he's like he refers to her as the master assassin from the mid rim, and like, yeah. you know, uh, so he's well aware of her too, which is kind of cool. Um, I think that, that I think that's been uh, I, I guess that's one of the things Boba Fett though, and um, even in the original trilogy, he was this mm-hmm. neutral figure that acknowledged everyone, and just and even in like the extended media with what we see with like Django at some mm-hmm. points you um they're always he's just working for the highest bidder he respects and acknowledges 
the skills of everyone on either side. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and that's actually what, what's something that's interesting in, in this episode is that you find you, you get the motivation uh, behind why he chooses to like try and he- be the head of the Dymo, you know, be the, be the yeah. head of the house. And um, because, you know, multiple times during this episode, he explains to Fennec, he's like, aren't you fucking tired of just like working for some idiot who has this like half cocked idea then hires you to go kill somebody? Like, yeah, you know, we can make way more money because we're smarter than that. (laughs) There's a ton of collateral damage. People are always dying. Yeah. And the cool thing was that, you know, like Boba Fett and this is like an interesting thing. I feel like this is a polarizing thing for probably fans of Boba Fett uh, is that in this episode, he, you know, makes a mention of like the realization that he's stronger with. Uh, I think he says a tribe, you know, and that comes from his time with the Tuscans. And which apparently it was like, I, I didn't realize how long he was with the Tuscans. It was like years. Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, I think that's like an important, like, oh, it's a really interesting thing from Boba Fett because Boba Fett's always been that kind of like, you know, lone sol- solid figure who bounces between sides, does what he wants, yeah. you know, because, you know, he's just going for where the money's going. It- it was a great vessel for that character change. It was. And and I think, you know, I've, I've been reading like some some people kind of have a stink with like, in, including, I guess, uh, Tamora Morrison uh, at times, like have a stink with like how much uh, like talking and stuff like Boba Fett's been doing in the series. Oh, uh, they want to be more Mad Max type figure. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the one that like, that's not the one of the points of the series. One of the points of the series is to explore this character that we haven't ever explored. I, right? I get and where that's coming from. Totally. You know? I mean, I, I understand where they like that that's coming from, but I just think it's, it's a bit know. lame. Yeah. It's I a think bit it, like it's, a, it's very, it's sort of a shorting the depth that you can go into with a essentially a character that beyond the extended universe stuff that's not canon is a relatively blank slate definitely and that's why i one of the brilliances i think that they're doing with the series is that they're building this character that you didn't uh you didn't think i don't know you, you didn't think of the direction that like the character's going you know yeah. and and i so i thought that was really fucking cool but um and oh my god dude we gotta talk about when they got the slave one out of out of oh, Jabba's palace, fucking badass, and then love- the whole Sarlacc pit scene, dude. Yeah. Like we got to, yeah, those. You those know, I want to quick quick shout out to the fucking chef droid that did the General Grievous thing. <laughs> I thought that was. I got dope, a good dude. laugh out of that. I was, yeah, I was like, he's posting up like Grievous, man. <laughs> <laughs> Only to get immediately <laughs> taken down. <laughs> yeah, whatever, fucking like like quick burn gel shit or whatever the fact had on her was dope dude <laughs> yeah man i think yeah and this this the whole slave one sequence is good too and, and they were sort i love they were sort of making fun of the weird design of the ship how impractical it was yeah like it was just like it was getting it out of that hangar was seemed like a fucking pain man because it was just like yeah. it just it, the way it was set and they just they couldn't could barely finagle it out yeah, uh, it was also cool seeing Fennec quickly dispatch those Gamorrean guards, dude. Like that one kind yeah, of bum rushed her, and she was just like, and like knocked him the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, yeah, man. And what's even better is that you can tell whenever she doesn't have her helmet on. I think that helmet's a great vessel for the few times that Ming Na Wen meets the Sun Devil. 
Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. The, probably it's like ninety percent yeah. of her scenes, and even like most of the action, they don't have that helmet on. And it's very obvious she's doing most of her shit. Oh yeah, yeah, which is fucking awesome. It's just it's yeah. always cool. It's always so much she's, cooler when people do. She's fifty six. Yeah, I mean, it's in, I was Agents, just... in Agents of Shield in season five. You see the season where she didn't have much action, mm-hmm. and remember she got teleported to the future, and there was like a pipe that impaled her leg when she got like. That's phased right. in That's right they wrote that in because she tore her acl and she didn't want a some person doing her scenes see that's fucking badass it's dude. fucking badass she's <laughs> awesome uh yeah okay and so and and then uh like i just like i you gotta we gotta talk about that like really quick the sarlacc pit scene in episode four before we move on to the next episode Great. good stuff um because like it was just so dope like like yeah like the struggle between the ship and the Sarlacc, man. Like, you, like I did. Yeah, I didn't imagine that thing had that much strength. No, but, but I love that. Like, as <laughs> it soon is as dead, <laughs> as soon as she, the you know, the seismic uh, bomb or whatever dropped. Yeah, as soon as it went off, like, it, you know, I was just sort of like, all right, so they're just like it's dead now, and they're they're gonna go. But I did not expect to see that sequence where it's like you know boba fett crawling back out of the sarlacc pit you know because yeah. he just like no armor no nothing no protection <laughs> just badass. like crawls into the stomach <laughs> like, yeah i was like fucking hell dude and then that's where they we pick up with uh mandalorian season two when we see boba fett he's yeah. finding the armor again yeah exactly and that that was the kind of the interesting thing about this episode and the next one where it's like it really does a good job of like lining up the timelines for when like this is happening in in league with like events from that we've seen from mandalorian you know yeah which uh perfect segue uh mandalorian season three episode one oh shit it's a book of both that episode i (laughs) straight up it was it was like it was just a mandalorian episode for them you know uh great episode fucking fantastic I love the whatever the fucking the halo ring they're on. What a cool set, dude! Uh, yeah, I was like that shit's like it was that shit's impressive and terrifying at the same time. Uh, yeah, I know it's like it's pretty fucking crazy to look at. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when he like when you're following Mando, you know, and he discovers the or he, you know the the other two Mandalorians, like that was kind of interesting because I was sort of like, okay, maybe like they're gonna find him there and have to persuade him to like you know come yeah but uh you know it was just it, it was just really really cool that like you know he was part of that and then you find the motivation for him to continue like basically his wandering uh, yeah. because because he you know you all want to bring something up with the dark saber though because we saw that duel and we saw yeah. how him and even the uh the other mandalorian were relatively incapable of wielding the dark saber effectively yeah that was interesting so the deal with it is, and this is briefly explained in the animated shows, specifically the Clone Wars, that the reason that it was wielded by a Mandalorian Jedi, and it sort of, and it also ties into some stuff from the extended universe that was previously decanonized, is that apparently lightsabers are heavy as fuck. Mm. <laughs> First off, and that they're unwieldy to the point that you need the force to a point to use them effectively. Yeah, and and it's like, and they they sort of backpedaled from midi chlorians, obviously, to where mm-hmm. it's like everyone is in tune with the force, but to varying degrees. 
Mm. And I think that's, it's partially going to be a vessel of him becoming more at peace and sort of becoming more aware of what he has to do and sort of the mindset behind that as well. So I think that that's the narrative they're setting up for season three. Because yeah. they're going to go to Mandalore. They set that up in the episode. Yeah. And which also Mandalore, there are populations on it post the, the day of the day of tears. Um, they set that up in, uh, I think rebels. Yeah. Which what, crazy, which, crazy scene. Yeah. That shit was fucked up. It was like some straight Terminator shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think of that. That's like, that's actually uncanny almost. Yeah. It was nuts, man. Uh, yeah, it was you know it's just like it was intense to see that like in in a live action format kind of like that the the that bombing presented, but yeah, it's you know it'll be interesting because you're right, like it 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 basically gives you the like what you can expect from from Mandalorian season three, which will be interesting because you know like clearly Mando doesn't. Like he doesn't, he he has like an attachment with the dark saber, but he doesn't. Like it's almost like with that with that duel. If he lost yeah. it, he would have lost it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't know it's if an he honor would have. Thing. Yeah, I don't know if it would have been like the end of the the like. I don't think his end goal is to lead Mandalore. You know. No. But like that's kind of the uncanny situation, right? So that'll yeah. be interesting to explore. But but you know, like the other fucking awesome aspect to this episode. Was the introduction of the N one the, the reintroduction oh, so cool. of the N one such a cool ship, dude? It it really is. They made it and, cooler, and it was so awesome, like and unexpected. Uh, what really an unexpected awesome callback! Fully made in like two thousand one CGI. Yeah, I loved like you know, this, you know the, the the sequences of them renovating it, but when they unfurl it and you know for the first time before he fires it up and it's still got yeah. like those like you know they scraped all the yellow except for a couple of stripes but it's like it's yeah. so it still has that like homage to the original naboo but yeah i love how they describe it you know it's like perfect form in a way where it's like it's pre uh pre-empire so it, it will be off the grid like yeah it doesn't it can't be it won't be tracked like that like you know it's hella fast like that fucking thing is a bolt dude, man he, he took it through beggars canyon did you catch that, that i loved that dude i was like oh beggars canyon that can be treacherous apparently, <laughs> apparently a few of the shots were like shot for shot from pod racing dude i thought so which man. is so I, it is crazy i thought it was like this looks like the fucking pod man like i loved it uh and and also like during the whole test run sequence you, you like the we have um whoa my god why am i blanking on his name now uh the the rebel pilot yeah dude so like (laughs) it was just so cool to see him again just randomly like you know yeah and 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 to be like you know i kind of recognize that voice (laughs) it's a shame it's a shame that uh rangers of the new republic isn't happening because that was gonna be him and gina carano right i believe so but unfortunately i think other factors probably tanked yeah. that for him uh, being a pain in the ass really. yeah and that, and that probably with like all the other things that they're trying to do with star wars they're probably just like and eh, we don't need it Fell through the cracks. <laughs> which um, you know yeah i think um i love how this it sort of catches us up on the continuity of a character that we already care about mm-hmm. and then sets up some fun stuff at the end of the episode like um I mean, we're definitely we're gonna have like a standoff between Boba Fett and the Pikes, right? Yep. yep. And uh, Fennec, Mando, um, 
the Wookiee, I'm forgetting his name, right? And Chrysanthemum. Yeah, Chrysanthemum. Um, and then I think that really badass Tuscan Raider is still alive. I hope so, dude. Like, I mean, they kind of alluded to maybe, yeah. Like, so I really hope so because, like, it was equally devastating to see them all get fucking killed, as well as like, you know, like those were such like badass warriors, man. Like, you yeah, didn't even they were like, realize it. Like, and so you know, it'd just be really cool to utilize and maybe have a survivor. You know, here's what I think: the Pikes set this up, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't um, fucking. Uh, was the the guy that Boba killed at the end of Mandalorian season two? Oh shit! Who was it? Uh, I'm. I'm um, oh, Jabba, oh, you're Jabba. talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, they they keep referencing him. Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Fortuna. No, Fortuna. Fortuna. Yeah, Big Fortuna. Yeah. Um, Big Fortuna wouldn't have the nerve to kill a bunch of Tuscans. Yeah. They they say that in episode four. And I was like, oh, okay, the pikes are setting him up to have everyone tear each other apart and they step in and take over. Yeah. And it would, that would make sense with what's happening now is the pikes are completely t- like they've come in like mass into Mosespa. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically like they it sounds like they've they're trying to absorb their the the planet into their spice mining run, yeah. like which the kit. We're getting we're aiming towards a very magnificent seven slash seventh samurai like finale here. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Where there's like, this I really this small force of really capable fucking bounty hunters brought together in shared interest against this overwhelming force. Yeah. Uh, if you, you know, if you note, you know, like one of the, the species that at, you know, at the table, one of the head, one of the captains, yeah. um, you know, that's definitely like Bosque territory. So, yeah. you know, like, it'd be really cool to even get like a small, like a small, like Bosque character, you know, sh- to show up, like throw him on that magnificent seven. I don't even care if you fucking kill him, just like throw him in there. Just so like, he's in there. It'd be cool to see. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's a Bosque bounty hunter, right? Yeah, that's just why I mean Bosque is a bounty hunter. Yeah. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, I think it'd be, you know, I think you're right. I think that's basically where it's headed. I wouldn't, I don't predict, honestly, I don't predict like more from like this franchise. You know what I mean? This uh, title, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I feel they like they're gonna build up, up again in Mandalorian, but for sure, I feel like the character can be used for sure. But I don't think they're gonna make another season of this. I feel like they're gonna build up to some sort of explosive ending. And like that's where you're gonna leave it, and I think that would be Boba, wise. It seems like, yeah, Boba Fett's Boba Fett is running the show in the end of the series. Make him the character. You can make him a character that people come back to when they need a favor. You know, well, exactly, exactly. I think that like you can establish that he's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's really fun seeing all this shit, but like, yeah, it doesn't. You know, I don't know. It's it's not a focus for my interest in star Wars overall. Exactly. It's really fucking cool. It's just, well, not... I, think, I think that's also sort of what made people fucking love the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It's like, this isn't what most audiences are familiar with in star Wars. And that's what made it so cool. I think we're, we're barely more familiar with both that than we were with the Mandalorian, you know, but it's occupying such a similar space. It almost feels like we've seen it a bit, you know? Yeah. It, it, if it, it's almost like, yeah, I think this is a really cool story to tell, but I think, you know, 
dividing my interest further wouldn't be smart if they want to like create yeah. some really good storylines using these characters i guess absolutely my point i agree yeah but it's a um, good it's a good side quest as long as we get back to the good shit yeah exactly exactly which i think that was the, that was the fifth episode it was like why why do we think we're having like i, I likened it to the mcu with kate hmm. where it's like yeah it's spider-man homecoming but we need a few good scenes with tony stark you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> that's funny then uh it's true though i mean like why the fuck like they're taking notes why why is why is there full man essentially a mandalorian like catch-up episode yeah pre-season three in the middle of book of boba fett yeah it did i mean that was honestly not that i minded it but no, that would be bad. the thing that was like super random about that episode you know it was just like all yeah. of a sudden it was like even aesthetically for the most part you're just like this feels just like a straight mandalorian episode yeah i was expecting 10 minutes you know of mando before he met up with the game yeah but they did a whole episode yeah. and i'm not really complaining you know no but but it 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 what was interesting was it captured the Mando vibe completely out of the Mando series, which I thought was cool yeah. because that shows how much that show holds up, uh, you know, to the cultural context, I suppose. Yeah. When, when you think hey, about and uh, one last thing, props to Bryce Dallas Howard. You did a fucking great job directing. Oh, yeah. Episode five, right? Yeah. That's right. It was great. Way better than fucking Rodriguez. All right. Let's keep... On Robert, to the other thing that's breathing Robert. life into a let's say uh just barely staying above the water franchise uh, <laughs> i mean peacemaker I, I, at the at the moment man the uh peacemaker is fucking incredible and i'm nobody should be surprised by this james gunn project being successful you know yeah. what i mean um, it's so good <laughs> it's so good and new episode and, as of today but yeah uh, we, we'll talk about that next week yeah um what's uncanny what i love about it is it has such good quality to it like yeah you know it it immediately uh picks up in the aftermath of the events of suicide squad which is cool which is super cool yeah. like 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 immediately like you're talking about like peacemaker in the hospital recovering from said injuries you know yeah where we left him exactly it, which, is, which is fucking awesome like it just give it gives you that feeling that they're really uh you know with the success of this show they're going to really start utilizing how to tie in shows and stuff like that especially with the upcoming batman movie and yep. you know gotham series i love so, his little rant in the last episode about batman he yeah there was a bat there was the batman throw out there wasn't it uh you're a superhero like batman batman's a pussy yeah he doesn't kill you man <laughs> yeah and that's what's interesting about it is like you know the show is giving you it's giving you like the vibe that you got from suicide squad, which was the vibe you wanted from the DC movies. Yeah. Um, At least that, that sect of the DC movies, you know, Yeah, I guess this vibe, like this, the, the James Gunn vibe wouldn't work if you're doing a movie based on like based, you know, around the Amazon Themyscira. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, so it, it works really well, but it's something that people have been craving because they haven't, you know, I think one of the problems with these, these French, like the DC properties has been that like, they've, you know, they, they struggle to toe the line between like f trying to be as family friendly or trying to like embrace like other elements that, you know, would lead them to not directly competing with the MCU and, and things like yeah. this peace, peacemaker show are like definitely outside the MCU's like 
you know, realm of comfortability. And so that's, what's yeah. kind of fun. You know, there's, there's lots of fucking cursing. There's, there's, you know, dick jokes. There's fucking like sex jokes. There's fucking like, yeah. there's crazy shit all over the tits. series. There, yeah. There, there's also titties. There, I'll just talk about this. I was just talking about that. It's like, there's like, I was telling somebody, I was like, there's some shows that give you dicks. There's some shows that give you tits and there's some shows that give you both. <laughs> like, what is it? I remember there was a, gives you both. <laughs> there was a uh, series I watched of like, uh, like in a, in a bar there were a bunch of people that would watch episodes of game of thrones mm-hmm. and during like the the rating info right before the show started it whenever it said male nudity the entire bar would go yeah it's <laughs> showing up like, not every day no dude. um and so it's just you know it's it's, it's more adult content and i think that's fucking Absolutely. great and but at you know, the same time uh, you're getting these really like interesting touching moments with with all with a variety of characters well, uh, I think which is what cool. James, well, James Gunn's shown himself to be able to uh, do that type of thing before. I mean, yeah. like, it's it does it obviously shares its DNA with Guardians of the Galaxy. Gunn mm-hmm. has a style. It doesn't really matter that it's uh, push up to rated R. You know. Well, there, I think there, he's allowed. He's allowed to flex his style better. Uh, yes, because, because of that. Because of it, but but the overall writing style that he brings to a project remains the same. Like you have. I mean, like Peacemaker regretting killing, fucking, uh, killing a Rick Flag. That mm. scene where he's crying in his bed. It's like, yeah. I can see Peter Quill pulling some similar shit, you know, in a more PG circumstance. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but it wouldn't be. But the thing is, what's a, why, well, the reason why it's effective with Peacemaker is because you see that duality and like the you, you see sort of I don't know. You see more like raw human emotion than you get exactly. from like from uh some of those other characters exactly. but yeah i think i think uh, yeah, james, I, I think james, i think james gunn like he, he's just done a, a fucking bang-up job apparently i can't i you know read this just yesterday or whatever it's probably not news but he uh you know he wrote this in like like banged oh, it down like, like eight weeks or something like that yeah and six like, or eight something like that and it, it was just some get picked up yeah it was just some sort of throwaway project that he did you know yeah. and I you know I'm glad that they picked it up because there's all sorts of fucking wild shit happening in this show, man. We gotta talk about the butterflies, like. So like, what are the butterflies about? I haven't looked into that at all. I have no idea. I have not looked really? into it either. I'm just letting it be a mystery. I think it's I think it's really, I think it's really fun because it's you know as a viewer you're right there with the, with Peacemaker. You're just like, why the fuck aren't they telling me about these butterflies, man? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, oh man, you. Yeah, it's been gripping yeah it's like it's like you're sort of caught in the mystery but then it's lighthearted enough you have these like fucking like bizarre scenes too mm-hmm. and but it's also it and that's that's what i meant when i was like it, it has that james gun dna that there's something like really kooky you know and like mm-hmm. ridiculous about it but it also nails the really heartfelt moments where you get to see the personality of these characters shine through it does. I, I remember watching one of the episodes and, be, and telling Nadine, I was like, I, I'm really thankful that they're showing him struggling with his emotions because yeah. it's such a prevalent thing for, and uh, you know, whether people want to hear it or not, it's such a prevalent thing for, for men, especially like it's, Oh, it's, it's something that it's the something kind that, of man that he is. Yeah. And so it's, it's really like, it's, it hits you. It, it really like hit hits you because, you know, you know, you're just sort of like, damn of, dude. Uh, the end of episode four where he's just smoking weed dancing alone and you're seeing exactly, this montage man. of all the terrible things his dad put him through exactly and the like, eventual death of his brother 
it's fucking it, like it's it's i don't know as probably somebody who's coped with emotions in those similar ways like it really resonates and i think it, yeah. i think it's one of those powerful things the most powerful things about the show so far let's be real um, the ultimate bad guy is not gonna be butterfly it's gonna be the fucking white dragon isn't it oh yeah and that's the whole other thing man like the the there's so many different like you know scenes i want like let's talk about the white dragon we got to talk about that scene in episode four where yeah it's got to be episode four where uh vigilante purposely gets thrown in jail yeah what number one a great bit mm-hmm. vigilante has been a fucking joy to watch yeah yeah vigilante like i think you know i think people are really worried that this is just going to be Deadpool. you know knocking off uh yeah ryan reynolds deadpool but it's it's a it's they're really doing a good job of making it a, its own character you know yeah and you see you see the, you see there's a bit of deadpool in there but it's they're doing their own thing yeah yeah i don't yeah i don't think it's He's really a sociopath. i don't really think it thinking it's copping much but it's like no. it definitely like because it's just it's it's it plays in line with a lot of the other characters in the show, including like most of the members on the squad. Like yeah. they all have some sort of fucked up issues of like trust or like you know whatever, and and it just bleeds out. In these motherfucker, yeah, dude, it just bleeds out in these fucking wild ways, man. And vigilante, you know, like like in in that scene in particular, being like you know he's so fiercely like wants peacemaker to be like best friends with him and all this shit and to be happy I mean, that he like he like it was just awesome it was just awesome seeing him beat the hell out of some racists like right yeah. right in the jail you know you're just like i mean even even his scene where peacemaker struggling to shoot the kids he just takes the right. rifle and just picks them off yeah which is brutal which, which says something like a lot about it says more about vigilante than it does about peacemaker in that scene. yeah i mean in <laughs> I think earlier in that episode, or maybe the episode before, he's like, there's a bank robber. Somebody mugs somebody. I see somebody spraying some graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> like, I kill do him, I enjoy you know? killing him? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it's just like, it, it's fucking, it's just been interesting, man. Like, and then, they, you know, like they, what's up with the character? Wow, oh my God. Why, why am I blinking on the other character? She, uh, a Waller's daughter. Yeah, Waller's daughter. So, uh, like, I'm still intrigued by that. I'm like, I'm like, what is her particular skill set? Like, why is she involved in this? Like, she's got to be there for a reason. And it's we not saw just a bit of Waller come out, though, and what you're talking about. She completely manipulated vigilante. And I think that was it. Like, that's like she knows. She knows people, you know what I mean? She's capable of being ruthless. Like yeah, her mother. She, she's capable of being trusted and then being ruthless, you know, and that, yeah. that was shown really strongly in that scene. And, and like that didn't click for me until like a day later, too. Yeah. When I was thinking about it, I was like, holy shit. Like I it, it didn't even it didn't even cross my mind that, that was the direction they were going. Yeah. Well, and that was it. It was like it was such a smooth like moment, I think. You're just like you know, and that that's what's great about the show. The show makes you process it after you walk away from it. It's not just yeah. like all right there. You think about the moment, those little moments and shit. I, and, love, uh, I love love the use of music as well. On the, ooh, the, where it's the the old school hair metal, or you got some fucking covers. One of the, the scene of vigilante and peacemaker just like shooting shit. Oh yeah, that's a great, One Direction dude. song. I love I oh that that's that's funny that's yeah. I, I love that sequence just because like how did it start out he's like I got some extra like washing machines lying around or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah it's just it's just been a fucking it's just been a fucking joy man this show's great and like i said i really hope it gives it gives the studio that idea of like we can do more things like this you know we can we can we can tie things in we can hone you know these types of fucking like this type of yeah atmosphere in movies and like and like they've had i don't know I don't well, I know. I'm tired of like said this before. Is like I think DC's bread and butter is not going to be competing directly with the MCU. No, it's failed them thus so, far. Marvel is doing so well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think where they're going to form their niche is by doing it is by satisfying more particular audiences. Whether that's through hard R shit like this, whether mm-hmm. that's a comedy twist or like a genuinely like hard like hard comic movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, where they do some crazy shit that has to be hard on, even mm-hmm. though it's not a comedy. Or you do stuff like the Batman, or you really lean into a specific style that they know Marvel wouldn't be able to do. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what I what, you know what I mean. I, I think they like they they know where their competition won't go by now, and so oh, they need to start hard R like the Joker. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, the Joker. I mean, and that's what I was going to bring up earlier too. It's like you get, you have this vibe, you have the the vibe that they got from the Joker, and you you see those successes, and it's like those are the fucking voids that they need to fill, like yeah. with their content, and like you know, fucking be damned if you don't think that like Superman should appear in a fucking adult, you know. Uh, r-rated movie just because it has an r rating like let the fucking people yeah. like let the characters be be in these movies you know yeah harley quinn that's what i mean dude like uh, the harley quinn series we've talked about it before it's so yeah, fucking great. good like they nail great. the fucking humor you want in there and that's another example of like the adult ass like side that has been just perfectly successful and yeah, so, yeah i mean I, like whether whether this takes form in like multiple different universes or like a loose cinematic universe Mm-hmm. stuff that they sh- they need to like realize that it does they don't have to nail the interconnected interconnected nature like marvel movies are not praised because they're the interconnected universe mm-hmm. they're praised because they're good <laughs> and that they're yeah. consistently good I, I i do think like a a, a lot of the praise that marvel gets is because of both of those things you know they they exactly. they one it's did not bleed into the other they they were able to like they were able to create a couple of good movies and then they were able to like establish a pathway for themselves you know what i mean the, and and but I, I, and it's important to note with like with marvel too it's it's you know they've embraced their fucking lessers you know like the the movies that haven't like been as successful as their big ones they've just it's part of exactly it's part of canon it's fucking there like you can't re you can't take it back you know and so and that's the that's the thing that warner brothers and dc have been fucking up a lot i mean and even the franchise that we were just talking about star wars fucking we saw it with dc we saw it with star wars the rise of skywalker fucking ignored a movie yeah like the justice justice league ignored batman versus superman yeah. except for the fact that superman died because you can't write that shit out exactly and 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 it just doesn't work man it doesn't work it doesn't work like just it doesn't em- work embrace and move it's forward. not like, like age of ultron was a mediocre avengers movie and the other three avengers movies are good yeah <laughs> exactly they didn't, they didn't go into civil war and be like where's vision yeah <laughs> died off screen like you know what i'm talking about exactly dude like and and 
So anyway, I just hope to see that they do more of that in the future because yeah. this is this shows though so far has been a perfect fucking example of why that can work sometimes for them, and yeah. you know I don't know anyway I yeah I'm I'm really looking forward to tonight's episode I I'll watch yeah, it tonight but it'll be um, fucking it'll be dope you know yeah man I think and you know before we wrap up do do we have anything else I think that was it right. Um, honestly, those are kind of the big ones right now. Well, oh yeah, Secret Invasion set. Oh yeah, 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 Secret Invasion. So you, you mentioned also, the set, some set photos came out for this. Yeah, pretty nominal stuff. I don't think there's much to talk about. Or that Samuel Jackson has a beard. He's not wearing an eye patch, <laughs> and he looks great. Is a thing. It's a good. It, it's a cool look for him. Colby Smulders is there. Amelia Clark is there. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, Olivia Coleman's in it as well. Oh, and. Which is fucking crazy. I wonder what, that, wonder what she, what role that is. I know. Uh, we don't even know what, who Amelia Clark is playing. We know yeah, Talos but, is going to be in it at some point as well. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of been like the, uh, you know, so far it's been pretty secret. You know, how do you, <laughs> what how they're do you doing think, with this movie, with this series? How do you think they're going to be approaching this? Because Secret Invasion is an Avengers storyline in the comics. Yeah. But I mean, it seems that they're really scoping it back for the yeah, def- scale that they're at. Like there's like 100%. I do think it's how I say this. Although I'm not going to be ungrateful to see this show. I think it's kind of a, a waste of the, the secret invasion title to like do a really scaled back thing with it. Yeah. Um, it was a wildly popular story when it came out. It Obviously was. it was like the, one of the big ones that year. And, uh, and it involves so much of the marvel universe you know what i mean like yeah. it gets because because the scrolls are everywhere man like they they infiltrate they've they, they've they've been taking you know the avengers that, that that have been on planet for the last decade half of them have been fucking scrolls you know and like all this shit and so it's a really gutsy like thing to try to pull off especially when you're like knowingly paring it down yeah and and i think that's going to be the danger with it overall but i do think like they're trying to do you know some of the light like obviously if nick fury's involved it's going to have some espionage feel because that's where exactly you know so it's going to probably be you know talos some uh, members of shield you know and some other some other factions like you know probably seeking out the infiltrate the scrolls that are infiltrating high positions and i want i I do think it's worth noting like it doesn't it doesn't completely remove the possibility of like avengers style adaptation happening well but it would have to it would be completely changed because they're creating this show yeah i mean yeah because because like what we're talking about is like you know like it it involved everything like the secret invasion involved everything. Yeah. It was fucking nuts. And everything and everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like we were talking about like Fantastic Four, X-Men, you know, Avengers, New Avengers, like fucking underground Avengers, like or whatever they were, Secret Avengers, I think at the time. Uh yeah. like everybody, everybody was involved. You don't forget the Great Lakes Avengers, man. Come on. <laughs> Squirrel girl. Uh, but you know, it's <laughs> it like it, it'll be like I said. I think that's just basically going to be the like the basic show. They probably they might introduce like I would be surprised if they if they did this, but it would be cool. Like they could find a way to introduce, say like you know characters not nearly as big as Mister Fantastic. We'll just use this as an example. You could introduce yeah. a character like Mister Fantastic by saying like you know this Reed Richards is an imposter. It's a scroll. We found him. Now we yeah. like, where's the real one, you know, uh, yeah. stuff, stuff like that, which I would be, I, I think it'd be really cool. Um, 
you know, cause they're clearly going to start building stuff like that, like, you know, yeah. other elements. And so I think, you know, I don't know. I think it might be an interesting way to shake up what you think, you know, about the MCU. Yeah. Um, at least in terms of like on earth, uh, but I don't know. I just, I haven't heard so little about it. It's hard to speculate like what they're going to do with it. You know? I really like the espionage vibe as well, though. I mean, I think, I think it's, a, I, I think it's inevitable. It'll, 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 yeah. it'll, you know, it, I, I imagine like, you know, they're going to, yeah, like I said, I don't even know. It's just hard to speculate, hard, so, hard to think about. I mean, it, but. but from there, this, um, a couple of weeks ago marked a year since WandaVision. I felt oh, like yeah, yeah. it might be apt to look back and be like, Marvel's, how is Marvel's pushing TV bit? I mean, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. existed, but not, it was never up to the quality of anything that was, at least visually. Like, we fucking love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We've yeah, like, yeah. made I no mean, secret of it. As the soon years. as they, I mean, they straight started making like cinematic fucking TV shows for, for Disney yeah. Plus. You know, WandaVision, yeah, like WandaVision broke that fucking mold, man. Like, it, it, yeah. it, it was such a, I mean, such an incredible story. Like, and, and, you know, I have mixed feelings about how it ended, but getting it was fun. I had a Where's really good White time. Vision? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh man, I'm talking about another thing. I was still. I mean, and I think. Uh, I mean, like that was. I really enjoyed that. Falcon the Winter Soldier is sort of falling apart in my mind a bit, but it was still fun, you know. Yeah, it was fun. It's the most forgettable one for sure. But Loki, Absolutely. dude, Loki. Loki now was there's, the shit. Now there's the fucking that that thing cemented that like the like this can mcu can make shows you know uh because you know we were talking about peacemaker uh how that was so connected like that's exactly what like you they teased the connection with wandavision uh so it felt like falcon and winter soldier they made some connection to what was happening in the greater mcu but it was a little more detached but loki like you're not even just talking about like earth MCU. You're talking about like the entirety of the universe and yeah. And, and fundamentally and so, shifts how the, how the universe works. Yeah. And so it really make, made you feel the scale of what they built as well as yeah. like what you're currently as a viewer uh, living in, you know, like, yeah. uh, and, and so it, it like really, like I said, I think Loki was the, was a linchpin. Like that one cemented like, yes, like, like we can do some amazing shit. Like on, and you know, and whether it's the one shots, like I mean, like WandaVision is not getting a sequel. Uh, Falcon the Winter Falcon the Winter Soldier is not getting a sequel because they're gonna be doing a Captain America four. But like, but then Loki's getting a season two, and it's Mm. I think they've set themselves up for a very interesting direction. And like, I think that what they're doing with the mixture and sort of the call, like they have almost an expectation. They know their audience is gonna see them. You know. Yeah. They know that Disney Plus is gonna. People are gonna want to watch this stuff, and I think it's we're yet to see it fully pay off. But when it does, we're gonna be like, "Holy shit, they've done something crazy!" And just like bringing mediums once unfathomably separate together. I agree, and I think you know, I think a lot of that beauty just lies in what so many people were like trepidatious of, and that's the streaming service, man. Like you know, taking away from the studio and whatnot but no it like what really we're seeing is that the studios are starting to find ways to embrace both the big screen and the small screen again you know and not have to worry about like fucking getting it on you know past regulation for yeah the the cable tv (laughs) you know dude talking about embracing streaming i guess he's a proud subscriber of peacock right here 
Ooh, you got the Ooh. peacock. Peacock's had some good shit, man. I'm watching Parks and Rec, but I got it because uh, they stream all the English Premier League games. Mm. They got a soccer some, guy. What they got I some say? cool shit, man. I'll, I'll shout out a show on there, Rutherford Falls. It hmm. uh, it's uh, it's actually really fucking cool. Um, yeah, you should check that out sometime. But yeah, obviously getting, I got, I got Peacock because plan, of the Office. So. <laughs> yeah, I got P- I I got Peacock with my phone plan, but I was like, ah, English Premier League's on here. Ah, Parks and Rec's on here. We'll we'll watch that. There you go. Oh wait, um, good vibes, listeners. Think be for once in this cynical and very separate country we live in everyone should get behind the uh, United States men's soccer team because they're currently at the point where they got eliminated from world cup qualifications. And we were nationally humiliated by not going to the 2018 world cup tonight. We're playing Canada. And I think Mexico like next week or some shit. We'll see if we don't make it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers fucking crossed, man. Some Dude, magic's gotta remember, happen. Talk about, talk about TV shenanigans. When like that, what a crisis of like U.S. broadcast. Oh my God, the U.S. U.S. national team didn't make it to the fucking World Cup. They filmed like shows like U.S. national team players or like mm-hmm. commercials where they were like, "Go Mexico!" <laughs> Damn, dude. it was such this like international embarrassment. That's a shame, man. That's a damn shame. Uh, I had to throw it I'm looking forward to uh, watching the Pittsburgh Penguins beat the fuck out of the Cra- Seattle Kraken tonight on the ice. <laughs> so that'll be great. <laughs> oh shit! So Real. shout out, shout outs to the Penguins. You got a fan Jared, on Old Heart Radio. Jared ain't down with the fucking Kraken. <laughs> anyway, uh, honestly, the, the, folks, you guys got to check out the shows we're talking about because they're really fucking good. I'm sure you've heard about them because they're popular as hell. But yeah, in the meantime, when you're not watching Book of Boba Fett or Peacemaker, oh, call to action. Make sure you step up, hop on, listen to all the old heart radio podcasts. They're on Spotify, man. They're on iTunes. They're on YouTube. Who's, who's, uh, whose playlist we got going for under further review this week? Uh, this week's we got a new guest, uh, an old friend uh, of mine, and uh, his name's Luke Gillespie, man. Luke Gillespie currently lives up in Bellingham. Real cool homie. Um, his playlist is cool. pretty fucking wild, if you ask me. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say it right now. There's a big boy song on there that's probably my favorite. So, good stuff. Yeah, it'll then, be good. And then, uh, and then, got, uh, then we got you in the back in the rotation for the week after that. We got a Whack couple, Arnold's coming up. Out. What's uh, what's what's Whack Arnold's this week? We're watching a movie called Pieces. Pieces is oh, yeah. uh, it's supposed to be hot garbage, according to David, and so it'll hopefully uh, result in a really good podcast. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, uh, YouTube, Spotify, all the social media channels. You got you got Instagram. We got Twitter. Old Heart Space. It's out yeah. there, man. It's out there. Give us there. follows. Give us likes. Uh, look out for me and Kate's show. That'll be out in the relatively immediate future and uh we'll keep plugging it thanks fellas thanks hot dogs and have have a good day i suppose huh